Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Friends, since Christmas we've been reading through the opening chapters of Matthew's Gospel. Our scripture this morning will pick up right where we left off last week. In fact, it overlaps what we read last week because the ending verses of last Sunday's reading help to set the context for this week's reading, but that was not my original plan. My original plan was to preach from Matthew 5, verses 38 through 48, which would have skipped over quite a number of verses from last week to this week. Truth be told, I'd planned to skip those verses because they're difficult and it makes for a really, really long passage of scripture. But the more I thought about it, the more that I figured we need to talk about hard things, even in church, even when our reading contains some of the most challenging words of Jesus that you'll find in scripture So friends, if you thought that the Sermon on the Mount was a lovely little message that Jesus gave to a crowd of people on a hillside long ago, well, just wait and hear God's word to us this day. Friends, this is Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 48. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away. Not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven." You've heard it said to those in ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on your way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you'll never get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his her heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. 
Again, you've heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not fear, bear, f- excuse me, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you've made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is God's footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And don't swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your yes be yes or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, Do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You've heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more Are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us and mold us, fill us, and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh now on each one of us. Amen. Well, good morning again, friends, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church in Morristown. And this exciting reading for our day. Maybe after hearing our scripture reading for today, maybe you wish you weren't here. I mean, what a challenging text, right? I mean, on the one hand, you could say it's about murder and adultery and divorce and swearing with a bit of turn the other cheek and go the extra mile and love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you thrown in the, at the end. And you would be right. But on the other hand, it's about so much more than that, something so much deeper than that, and yet kind of at the same time so much higher than that. Because Jesus is raising the bar on what it means to be faithful to God and, and faithful to one another. If, if, if this is what the law says you must do, then this is what Jesus says you must do. He raises it so high that most of us would never be able to reach it. After reading this text, I'm surprised that Jesus had any followers at all. And I can't help but wonder if the ones that he did have were a bunch of one-eyed, one-handed adulterers who walk around half-naked because they've been giving away all of their clothes. And this is supposed to be the good news Christopher Hitchens was a well-known author and social critic who sadly passed away about 10 years ago. Hitchens 
was also regarded not just as an atheist, but as an anti-theist. He argued that all religions are false and harmful and authoritarian. He makes some claims that I find fair and valid, but on a number of other things I disagree with him greatly, as you might expect. Not just the part where he says that all religions are false, but the way he paints religion with broad and dark strokes, never taking the time to lift up its nuances, especially when it would go against one of his arguments. In one rather famous essay, he sought to revise the Ten Commandments. And in the introduction, he wrote, what do we say when we want to revisit a long-standing policy or scheme that no longer seems to be serving us or has ceased to produce useful results? We begin by saying tentatively, well, it's not exactly written in stone. By that, people mean that it's not one of the immutable tablets of the law. By that, of course, he's referring to the law given to Moses at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, which are found in the Hebrew Testament books of Exodus and Deuteronomy. Almost the entire book of Leviticus contains the law. The thing is, those are the very same commandments that Jesus refers to in our passage when he begins by saying, you've heard it said by those at ancient times, of ancient times, you shall not murder. Jesus is already starting to revisit the long-standing policy written in stone. Murder, or specifically, you shall not murder, is one of those Ten Commandments. And sure, we might say that it's written in the immutable stone tablets of the law, and yet, what are the next words out of Jesus' mouth? But I say to you that if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you'll be liable to the fire of hell. Now look. One of our challenges is to sort our way through this hyperbole, because surely Jesus did not mean that if you call someone, you fool, you're going straight to hell. Oh, and by the way, the word that is translated here as hell or hell of fire is the Greek word Gehenna, the same word for the city dump in Jerusalem where garbage and refuge and animal carcasses were taken to be burned. We talked about that last fall. I almost imagine Jesus saying this with a smirk on his face and sarcasm in his voice. If you call someone you fool, they're going to throw you over in Gehenna. Which isn't to minimize his words or to say that they don't matter. But I think that the real point here is simply not to call someone you fool. Not to get angry, not to insult another You shall not murder? I mean, that is easy, right? Putting a lid on your anger so that you can be in right relationship with your fellow disciples? That's hard. Jesus says, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So find a way to work out your disagreements so that you can be in community together. If you're on your way to church and you remember that you did something hurtful to someone else, or if you said something harsh that you really didn't mean, well, church can wait. That's a minister saying it. Church can wait, go, and work it out with that other person. And then when you come to the church, you'll do so without the burden weighing on your heart. The law says you shall not commit adultery. That's what's literally written in stone. But here's the thing. There are a lot of ways you can do that. Like when you violate the trust that someone's placed in you. 
Or when you start forgetting that that people are beloved children of God and not just objects of your desire. And for that matter, it's not enough to follow the letter of the law regarding divorce. You can't treat people as if they're disposable. But you should make sure that the most vulnerable and are protected and provided for. And in Jesus' culture, that usually meant women and children. It's not enough to keep ourselves from swearing falsely or lying to others. We should speak and act truthfully in each and every one of our dealings so that we don't need to make oaths at all. Do you see what I mean? There's just a lot of hyperbole to dig our way through. There's a lot of nuance here because, come on, this isn't really about cutting off our body parts or being cast into hell. This is about the same thing that the Ten Commandments are about. How do we live in, faithful, in a faithful community that honors God and honors others? What does following Jesus in the real world look like? I mean, what does it really look like? When you're so mad at someone else that you want to harm them. Or when you're so tempted by your desire for someone else that you'll do things that you didn't think you were capable of. When you make promises that you have no intention of keeping just so that you can get what you want. All of those things are so destructive to us as human beings, but they're also destructive to the community, and that's who Jesus is preaching to. There's this new community of followers who are slowly beginning to see themselves as his disciples. And Jesus goes on, you've you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That was what the law dictated, which was actually meant to put restraint on someone's vindication or revenge. You couldn't do more damage than someone had done to you. But what does Jesus say? When someone strikes, turn the other also. When someone wants your jacket, give them what's underneath. If someone, in this case, probably the Roman army, which was known for its acts of public humiliation toward those whom they oppressed. When someone forces you to carry something for one mile Carry it for a second mile. You see, when they try to assert power over you, give them what they want, but then give them something more, because when you do, you make them look selfish and silly and shameful. Sure, the law says that if if they strike you, you can strike them back equally, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But instead, show them that you answer to a, a higher law, to God's law, which is above and beyond Everything, including but especially this. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, who makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? In the world that we live in, it's good. It's it's good to love the ones you love and to love the ones who love you back. It's also sort of okay to, to be indifferent toward most everyone else. In the world we live in, we 
we say we take care of ourselves first, and then if you have anything left over, you give that to others. But here's what I say to you. True love is about being able to love the ones who don't love you back and probably never will. Real love is about being able to love those who don't love you back and probably never will. It's not enough to love only the ones who love you back. You have to love the ones who won't or can't, or don't know how, the ones who you haven't forgiven yet, or, or you haven't forgiven yet, the ones you're still holding a grudge against, the ones you aren't reconciled with, the ones who live in distant countries whose suffering cries you can't hear because they're so far away, the ones who don't vote the same way you do, the ones who don't have the same skin color or speak the same language, If you're going to follow me in the world, Jesus says, you've got to learn to love each and every person in it. Loving your neighbor and hating your enemy, I mean, that's pretty easy. Loving all of the people that God loves. That's so hard when you really think about it. I saw this post on a friend's social media. It said, love others so radical they wonder why, radic radically they wonder why. Love others so radically they wonder why. And this is why. Because if we love only those who love us, what reward do we have? But if we love others, even our enemies, even those we don't yet know so radically that they wonder why, then maybe we are getting somewhere close to what Jesus asks of us. Maybe then we are living above the law as children of our God in heaven. Maybe then we show forth a better, more excellent way. So this is what I think we ought to do. Think of one person, one person to Love as you think Jesus might love them. Maybe send them a note or bring them a meal or simply hold them in your prayers. Maybe invite them for a walk and tell them how much they mean to you. Maybe gift them with some free babysitting. Maybe just offer to listen to what they're dealing with. Maybe sign up to sponsor them as a refugee family. Maybe... Maybe just, just be present for them. Because all of us have something going on right now, don't we? All of us could use someone just to sit and love us. Remember last week when we talked about Jesus' words saying, you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Well, this week, be salt for someone. Be light for someone. Love someone without expecting anything in return. Be the children of God that God calls you to be. And maybe in one final word of hyperbole and exaggeration, be perfect, Jesus says. As God in heaven is perfect. Maybe for one person, that is all they need. Thanks be to God, dear friends. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, 
please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.